Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Michael. Hi, Ernesto. Uh, today we have a question that says like this. Uh, how to deal with periods of spiritual dryness or aridity and that we have to remember and reinforce as well as trying to return again and again to oneself. Spiritual dryness is characterized by listlessness and apathy, by a lack of devotion and fervor, by a feeling of helplessness. It is when we find it difficult to follow the teaching and directions given to us by Bhagavan, when there is discouragement and one falls again and again before the same vasana, feeling that there is no remedy for it. When one feels that there is no purpose here in this dream that helps or, or serves the greater or, or main purpose, uh, what do you think of the topic? Um, <clears throat> that is, it is the nature of the mind to find any excuse to avoid going inwards because we are not yet willing to surrender ourselves completely. When we turn our attention within, the result of being self-attentive is that ego subsides. And if we are self-attentive, if our self-attentiveness is keen enough and steady enough, ego will subside and dissolve back into its source. Because we are not yet willing to surrender ourselves completely, um, we we all have we all face difficulties. That is, when we are trying to go within, our mind keeps on coming outwards. And it is very easy to allow ourselves to become dejected. Oh, I'm making so much effort, but it's not bearing any fruit. Um, so we, we, we can lose heart. But the best remedy for this is to return again and again to Bhagavan's teachings, to, to think about his teachings, because his teachings are always encouraging us to turn within. And ultimately, it's a matter of how much we really want to surrender ourselves. That is, we all face difficulties because the very nature of ourself as ego is to go outwards. So trying to turn this in, ego inwards is like swimming against the current. But if we, nobody can succeed in this path without perseverance. We have to keep on trying. And of course, to be to persevere, we need to motivate ourselves. So, um, if we find that, or um, it said, uh, if you find a lack of devotion and further, then we need to go back to Bhagavan's teachings, think about his teachings more, apply it to our present situation in life, and that will rekindle that um, that devotion and further. So, these are difficulties, but everyone. We are all liable to face, but the thing is, we just shouldn't give up. If we give up, then we we will uh, enter a state of spiritual dryness, aridity, uh, there'll be listlessness, apathy, and all these things. This is because of giving up. We need to keep on trying. It doesn't matter how much, how many times we fail. We need to be, we need to persevere in trying. As Bhagavan said, the only true sign of progress is perseverance, because perseverance is absolutely essential in this path. If we are really serious about this, if, if you really want anything in this world, you will not be put off by a few difficulties. 
That is, if you face difficulties, those difficulties will encourage you to try more. It's the same in this spiritual path. If we're really serious about going within, all the difficulties we face should motivate us to try more and more and more. I, I like very much when uh, um, sometimes we use the adjective sincerity. No? Yes, yes. It's like uh, seriously, no? Yeah. But yeah. for me, particularly, uh, it's very important uh, to be honest with you. No? Yeah. If you decide to um, go in this path uh, with real sincerity with yourself, yeah. Um, you don't uh, let your arms go down. Yeah. Easily, no? Yeah, exactly. Maybe exactly. you you can tell to yourself. Okay, this afternoon I lie in the bed, no? Yeah. But tomorrow at nine o'clock I return again to try and yes. try and try, no? That is one other thing I wanted to say in this regard. Even if we go through a period of, um, of, um, of when we're not trying so hard, the very nature of our life in this world Life is always giving us blows in one way or another. So we, having, having started on this path, we can never really leave this path because even if we seem to leave it for a while, when we face the difficulties of life, we, we will be reminded that really the only solution to all these things is eradication of ego. And the only way to eradicate ego is to persevere in this path. So, um, truly speaking, we cannot give up even if we want to. We may be able, it may seem that we've given up for a while, but we cannot really give up. And the more we, the more we are drawn to Bhagavan's path, the more difficult it is even to give up for a, for a short while something will be driving us to go on trying, trying, trying. Mm. Because uh, mm, what more, more stronger you go inside, no? stronger, yeah, yeah. more intensity with more love, uh, no? and, and you maybe cross a line in these grades uh, to uh, uh, 180, no? Yeah. The, the ego responds in the same power, no? Yeah, exactly, exactly, yes. And maybe with uh, now I'm the, the, there is a, a friend in the in the Yosoitumismo school, no, mm. that uh, have pain in, in his body, no. Yeah. Um, I'm sure uh, that uh, is a, a how is in English Carlos Coletazo, no, uh, uh, of an. Uh, I, I don't know how to say like backlash or something. Yeah, so, when 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 the, it's the same of the metaphor uh, analogy of the tiger, no? When yeah, yeah, in exactly, the in the exactly. corner in the yeah, corner, yeah. no? Ah, yeah. you 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 become to put me in this corner, and and now my my furious is mm. in the same um, um, the same stronger that the you can go inside to yourself yeah yeah, yeah. we we can also see a similar thing in human warfare sometimes a very big strong country will attack a small country try to invade a small country but if that 
strong country is ruled by a dictator, if the people who of the army are not really motivated, they will not fight so well. Whereas the small country that is being invaded, they're fighting for their freedom. They're fighting for, soldiers are fighting for their wives and children and parents. And so they're, they're, they're so desperate, they'll fight ferociously. So sometimes even a small army can defeat a very big army just because of the motivation. It is like that in the spiritual path. We need to have such strong motivation. Mm -hmm. As uh, a and Obelix, no? <laughs> they yeah. find includes a, a drink special to resist, no? Uh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael, can that, uh, that those feelings of dryness or listlessness or apathy or something can be can be a sign of uh, not having understood Bhagavan's teachings in practical terms as yeah yeah as, as deeply as, uh, I mean um, of course we don't understand them totally yeah yeah but because we read Bhagavan's teachings we think we've understood but how deeply have we really understood take for example a simple teaching Bhagavan says happiness is our real nature there's not the least happiness in any of the things of the world have we understood that? Yes, of course, we conceptually, it's not difficult to understand that. But can any of us say we've really understood that? If we had really understood that, our mind wouldn't go out, it would go only within. The very fact that our mind is still going outwards means that teaching hasn't really made a strong impression on us. So, None of us have understood Bhagavan, and that we may have understood conceptually, we may have got a basic grasp on the principles of Bhagavan's teachings, but how much impact has that um, made? That is why the practice is essential, because the more we put it into practice, the more Bhagavan's words will have impact on us, the more we will really see what he is saying, not just merely understand it as superficial conceptual level, but we will really see it from our own experience. And the more we see it, the stronger will be our motivation. Mm. A, re a real integration no, of, yes, of the teachings. Yes. This is why um, this in, in classical Advaita, they always talk about three things, sravana, manana, nididhyasana. We need to do the sravana, we need to Pay careful attention to what Bhagavan is saying. That is, Ramana literally means listening, but it can also, it, it, by implication, it also means studying. So we need to really attend to what he's saying. Having attended to it, we'll, we, we, we will understand at least the words, but do we really understand the implication of those words? So not only do we have to listen to what Bhagavan is saying, pay close attention to what Bhagavan is saying. We also need to think deeply about it. We need to, we need to understand why he says like that. And uh, we need to understand all the, um, 
that is, we cannot understand any individual teaching of Bhagavan in isolation. We need to understand it in the context of his whole teaching. So where this each individual teaching fits in, where it's all a part of the whole. So the more we understand the the uh, more we get a comprehensive and coherent understanding of his teachings, that's why this manana is necessary. But to go deep in manana, we need great inner clarity, and that inner clarity is comes only from the practice. So the more we 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 pay close attention to Bhagavan's teachings. Sravana doesn't Sravana means hearing, but it doesn't mean just hearing like some background music. It, it implies we need to really pay close attention. So that the our, the amount of attention we pay to what Bhagavan is saying, what does Bhagavan mean? We really need to try to understand what he means. So though we talk of three things, Sravana, Manana, Nidityasana, there's no um there's no clear boundary between these. That is, if we are really doing the sravana properly, we'll be the manana will be going along because we can't understand something merely by hearing it. We have to we have to make sense of it. The manana is the making sense of it. So even while we are paying close attention to Bhagavan's teachings, we're also trying to make sense of it. So the sravana manana are going on hand in hand. And if we're really doing the manana correctly, where should it direct our attention? What is Bhagavan teaching pointing at? They're pointing at us. So the, the sravana will lead to manana, and the manana will lead to nidityasana. It's a, it's a seamless process. And in manana, for example, uh, for me was very important not mm. only to think uh, and look for the implications of what we are trying to reflection about it yeah feel uh, try to feel very intensive yeah the the power of these implications yeah 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 because when i feel that really really with my heart very open mm. immediately i detect a change in my motivation to to go inside. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. This is what I say. That is, we have to be extremely receptive, or Bhagavan's teachings won't have an impact on us. So many people read Bhagavan's teachings, but how much do they really understand? Because they're not sufficiently receptive. To be really receptive, we have to be attuned to that. That is, Bhagavan's teachings is like a, the transmission coming from a, a radio or a television station. How well the picture is received. If you've got an old television set, an old black and white television set, and you're trying to receive the, the signal, it'll, firstly, because it's an old set, it'll be a bit fuzzy, and it won't have sharp definition. So if you've got a poor receiver set, if, if that is, if we are a poor receiver set, Bhagavan's teachings will have some impact on us, but it won't have such a clear and precise impact. But if we, if you have got a very modern television, the latest state-of-the-art television, it can pick up a high-definition signal. You've got a very clear picture, very clear sound. That is because of the quality of the, um, the receiving set. 
So Bhagavan's what Bhagavan is transmitting to us through his teachings, right? Now, what he's conveying through his teachings is always the same. But the difference is how much are we actually in tune with that? Because only to the extent if you've got a um, in old days when we had radios, you you have to to get to get a, a clear signal. You've got to tune the station very precisely. If you go a little a little bit off to one side or the other, the sound won't be so clear. So we have to be attuned to Bhagavan's teachings. So we we need to firstly we need to give up all our old. We need to be willing to see what Bhagavan is saying. And some many of the things that Bhagavan says challenges our old beliefs and ideas. If we are very much attached to our old beliefs or ideas, we won't be able to understand Bhagavan's teaching. We need to be willing to let go. If Bhagavan is challenging our, our, our old beliefs or ideas, we must be willing to let go of those old ideas and beliefs in order to understand what he is saying and why he is saying it. And, for... and how to how to so we have a receiving set. How to improve this receiving set? We're all a bit like um the the very poor quality radio or old-fashioned TV. We're not receiving it very well. We need to we, we need to become a a high definition TV set to really uh, um, to get the full impact of uh, and full precise clear impact of Bhagavan's teachings. How we how we become a more refined receiving set is by um, paying close attention to his teachings, trying to make sense of them. That's a mana, trying to make sense of them, and most of all, putting them into practice. Because the more we put them into practice, that the more we turn our attention within, the more our mind is being bathed in the clarity of the pure awareness that we actually are, the pure awareness of the pure awareness that shines in our heart as I am. So the more we attend to our own being our own fundamental awareness, the more our mind is thereby clarified and purified. So we we become better and better receiving sets. I'm thinking... And the better the receiving set, the more impact Bhagavan's teachings will have. And the more impact they have, the less we, are, we will be liable to getting dejected, to giving up and... Um, feeling or helplessness, hopelessness, or whatever. No, I, I want to say that um, there is the, the, the antenna of, of the radio yes. is in good connection yes. with the source, no? with yourself, yes. uh, with oneself, yes. uh, the clarity to detect the station, uh, is uh, faster, no? Yes, yes. yes. And, and clearer, no? Yes. The whole, all the equipment needs to be good. You need to have a good antenna to receive the signal properly. You need to have a well-tuned radio or TV set. It's a, the whole, that is, 
I mean, we, we don't have to say, but the whole, the whole setup needs to be good. If you've got a very well-tuned TV set, but not a good um, means of receiving the signal, you won't get the signal clearly. So we need to be attentive. The, the, our sravana is like the antenna. We are paying close attention to what Bhagavan is saying. And then the, the signal that is coming through the radio waves or um, the, the television signal that is coming, then needs to be processed and interpreted. If the TV is not correctly processing the information that is coming in, even though the, the reception is good, if the processing is poor, the, what appears on the screen will not be clear. So we, the, the processing it is the um is the is similar to the manana and the nidityasana is the screen you need a very high definition screen in order to get a high definition picture so um it's all these three are necessary and each feeds into the other of course with a in the case of the analogy that doesn't apply but in the case of of sravana manana nidityasana the more attentively we we listen or pay it, we 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 listen or uh, pay attention to what Bhagavan is saying, the deeper our manana will automatically be, and the deeper our manana is, the deeper our uh, practice will be, and the deeper our practice will be, the the more we will closely we will be able to attend to and understand what Bhagavan is saying. So some people describe this Sravana Manana Nidityasana as a simple linear process. But first, you need to pay close attention. You need to un you need you need to know what is being said. Then you need to do your Manana in order to understand it. Then you need to do your Nidityasana, as if it's A B C. But it's not. It's an iterative process. Each one. That is, the sravana feeds into the mana, manana feeds into nidityasana. Nidityasana leads back into the sravana manana. So all three are going on, should be going on side by side in 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 unison. Yes, I remember in, in the in the in the past when I um, received uh, different uh, for um, trainings. No. Yeah. In the past. Uh, one time in the village of Madrid, no, yes. uh, uh, a master put uh, some people. Uh, I'm with with them, and say, now we have one minute to listen the noises of this place. No, mm. and you, all the people, begin to listen. Mm. And when we finish, write in a paper what you listen. No, mm. and the second time he say, okay, listen very more more present and very more concentrate and three times we do that mm. and at the third time uh, all the people uh, writing his pap paper more things that they yeah. can listen no yeah, yeah. And, and with the teaching of, ba of bhagavan is this uh, is the same no if you put all your attention and you are free of other thoughts and you are very yeah. open um and in, in in this line, for example, the enthusiasm 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 
it is a very very powerful ingredient to yes, the yes 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 absolutely because your heart is very very open for example when i discovered bagaman teachings and i read the first book that i i read with a, a 15 years old no ramana gita uh, i i i have a, um nervous no when i read and i i need to to close the book i'm, I'm putting the floor because it's like i have a, a diamond in my in my hands no yes I, I never will i never feel that with that intensity that yes. i feel in that moment mm. and i i know the power that this it has to 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 take you to the other level no in your nidityasana Yes, yes. Finally, no. Yes. I don't know if you, for example, when when you arrive to to Raman Ashram, no, mm. and some some people say you this sad one stay with Murugana, no, and you discover that and the, the feelings of a young boy, no, uh, yeah. in yes. this moment, how um, put the power the power of of your of flame, no, in, in yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you remember? No? Yeah, well, yeah. For for me, the first thing I read was Who Am I? When I read that, I was convinced this is the thing. This is what I've been looking for. And then I really wanted to understand it, how to put this into practice. So I was reading so many books that were available, but none of them seemed to explain it properly until I came across Sadhuam's book, The Path of Sri Ramana. Actually, I've met Sadhuam before I came across his book. Um, and once I read his book, I was convinced, yes, this is the way, this is. So then naturally I got drawn to Sadhuam. And the more I was with him, the more I found that he was able to express Bhagavan's teachings. Whatever question I asked, he was able to give very clear answers, very appropriate answers. And as time went on, I found I, because I was thinking about these things more, I was understanding and trying to put them into practice, I was gradually understanding more and more. And the more I was understanding, the deeper the questions I was asking. And the deeper the questions I asked, the deeper the answers I, he gave. Mm -hmm. yes. In that regard, so, yes, in those, in those days, there was so much enthusiasm, so much excitement about, as you say, you, you, you found a great treasure. As soon as I read Who Am I, I understood, oh, this is what I've been looking for. Like, like explorer, no? That find yeah, uh, the yeah, treasure of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the mountain, no? Yes, yes, yes. That yes. was my, my feeling. Yes. Bhagavan himself has sung in Akshramlai, Teda Dutranal Tiruvaral Nidhiyaha Tiyakum Tiyataral Aranachala. That is great treasure, great treasure of divine grace found without seeking remove the uh, delusion of my mind or the activity of my mind or the rising of ego that ahatiyakum can be interpreted in several ways, but they all amount to the same thing. But that's a beautiful description, great treasure of divine grace uh, found without seeking. How did we stumble across this? How, what a great good fortune it is to have come to Bhagavan. In, in when we, for example, do Sravana or we hear the teachings or read the teachings, 
we because usually uh, some people like to to read a lot or or something like to continue reading or uh, yes. going moving to another book or the next video or the yes. next thing no so it's that it's it's better to stay with just a simple verse for example in yes 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 just slowly reading just, just dwell that, on that it, verse for for hours for yes if we read a lot our reading will be super, relatively superficial we'll be reading on the surface whereas if we select just a few choice books, the main, the original writings of Bhagavan, Uludu, Napadu, Padeshundia, Nana, Amavide, Arunachastuti Panchikam. In all these come to just a few hundred verses, maybe about 250 verses, the original verses of Bhagavan. And Nana is just 20 paragraphs. It's relatively little Bhagavan has written. But if we focus on these works, and read them again and again, and try to put into practice what Bhagavan is saying there, that is far, far, we will learn far more in that way than reading hundreds and hundreds of books. You can study all the Upanishads, all the commentaries on the Upanishads, the sub-commentaries on them, all the other books, and you, you can get acquire a vast knowledge, but your knowledge will be on the surface, it won't be deep. It's like trying to dig a well in many, in many places, five feet here, five feet there, five feet there. You won't get much water that way. If you really seriously want water, dig your well in one place. So just a few works like Bhagavan's original writings, that is sufficient. We don't have to read anything else. In fact, it's much better <clears throat> to read a few really good books than reading a lot. Because if you read a lot, there's so many different ideas there. But are all those ideas necessary? That is, there are, you could fill a library with books written on Advaita philosophy. But are all the ideas in those books, are they all really practical ideas? Are they all really useful? No, they're not, because they're written for different purposes. Like Bhagavan says beautifully in, um, in Uludunapdu Anabandham, that is one idea that is expressed in many of the old texts, is that um, for Vinyani, Sanchitta and, sorry, Agamya and Sanchitta will cease to exist, but the Prarabdha will remain for the duration of the body. Even Adi Shankara, has written this in his commentaries on the uh, on the Prasthanatraya, on the Upanishad, Bhagavad Gita, and Brahma Sutra. What Bhagavan has to say about that, Bhagavan doesn't criticize what Shankara says. He simply points out that art, he, and he doesn't refer specifically to Shankara because so many people have this idea is very prevalent. Bhagavan simply says, this I the, this is an answer given to the questions of others. So, because when Shankara was writing that Prasthanatraya Bhashya, he was trying to convince many people that this is the correct interpretation of Vedanta. So, he had to give explanations that would suit people at their level. That's why he said certain things that are, are, are a diluted truth. It's not really true. Yes, we can say. Yes, so long as we see the jnani as a body, 
for that body, very there seems to be a pararabdha. That is why it's said like that. But vijnani is not the bodies. So for vijnani, there is no pararabdha. So <clears throat> Bhagavan put it beautifully there. It's a reply to the questions of others. So a lot of what you will find in the Advaitic texts are replies to the questions of others. So we such such explanations need not they're not for us, they're meant for others. So what what is really useful for a spiritual aspirant is given by Bhagavan in a, just a few works in his own original writings, all that is necessary for a serious aspirant is given to us by Bhagavan. And what he gives us is extremely practical. It's like Michael in that in that paragraph. Uh, uh, I forgot the the number. Yeah, I have it here. So, uh, paragraph eight of yeah. Nanar when uh, the where it's written. Supposedly, it's or it's not sure if that was written by Bhagavan, right? The, yeah, well, there are three sentences were later interpolated. Yes, exactly. What about those three sentences? Are they? Is there confusion as to? What that was written by Bhagavan, or was it added late afterwards? I or? think it is quite possible Bhagavan gave that answer, but is, that that is a perfect example of an answer given to the questions of others, because someone must have raised an objection. But what about the the, the breath doesn't end when the, when a person goes to sleep? We can see the sleeping body breathing. Then Bhagavad, if someone asks like that, it is clear they're not understanding the basic teaching of Bhagavan, but in sleep there is no body at all. It's only in the view of others that the body seems to be sleeping. In the view of the sleeper, where is anybody? Do we experience our body lying on the bed, um, mm -hmm. snoring or whatever? No, we, mm -hmm. we, we are completely oblivious to the body. So because someone asked from that perspective, Bhagavan gave a, a reply that was suitable to, to satisfy that person. Yes, it is by God's will that the breath remains in the body, so that others shouldn't think the body is dead. Um, that is, that is, um, a, concession, that is no? a perfect example of a, a reply given to the questions of others. That's what Bhagavan means when he said about uh, this prarabdha remaining for vijnani. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it, even Bhagavan may, could in certain circumstances give such a reply, because it, as he, Bhagavan said, teachings must be according to the taught. When, when Yogananda, uh, that Swami who went to America and started the Self-Realization Fellowship and wrote a book autobiography of a yogi, when he asked Bhagavan, what teachings are to be given for the uplift of the masses? Bhagavan simply said, teachings cannot be given en masse. Teaching needs to be according to the taught. So different teachings are appropriate to people at different levels of spiritual development. And some people need to confuse the level that they believe that are properly for them. Uh, and sometimes, no. Uh, for example, with the bodies of Bhagavan, uh, of course, no. Go yeah. 
to Aurobindo and after yeah. that, yeah. with yeah, him yeah. And, and, and go to Aurobindo after 10 years with Bhagavan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Too many. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people, <clears throat> that is just because people were, have the great good fortune of being in Bhagavan's physical presence doesn't mean that they were spiritually mature. Bhagavan himself says in Guru Kovai, he uses the analogy of the, the um, shadow at the foot of the lamp. He said, just like the, the shadow remains unmoving at the foot of the, the lamp post, the, um, the ignorance of some remains unmoved, I mean, remains without being diminished in spite of them living for ye years till they get grow old in the presence of Vijnana Guru. Of course, nobody who was in Bhagavan's presence was not benefited by that. But how much we are benefited by that depends on how receptive we are to his teachings. So if we're 10 years with Bhagavan and then go away to Aurobindo, all due respect to Aurobindo, but his, his teachings are completely different to Bhagavan's. So there were, as you say, there were, there were people, um, um, most notably um, Kapali Sastri, who was a close follower of uh, Aurobindo. I mean, sorry, a close follower of Kabyaganta and supposedly a devotee of Bhagavan. And he wrote this Satdarshan Bhashya. He, before writing Satdarshan Bhashya, he'd already gone to Aurobindo. Even Kabyaganta went to Aurobindo, but he didn't stay there for long, but he met Aurobindo. And um, Kapali Sastri became an out-and-out -out follower of Aurobindo. That shows how much he's understood Bhagavan's teachings. If he really understood Bhagavan's teachings, he wouldn't have um, he wouldn't have been attracted by Aurobindo. So, but um, oh, how you say before, intellectually, maybe they understand, but yeah, at a certain level. But even intellectually, if you read Satdarshan Bhashya, his understanding of Bhagavan's teaching, he he argues in one place in um, in he uh, in um, in his introduction to his um, uh, to Satdarshan Bhashya, he uses a classical um, uh, analogy that is used by Shankara and so many others: the the clay and pot. That is an analogy like the the um, like the golden ornament. Uh, analogy used by Bhagavan, clay is the substance, pot is the form. So why that, how that analogy is used by Shankara and Bhagavan and others is to show that the substance alone is real, the forms are unreal. In fact, in verse 13 of Uludunapadu, when Bhagavan used that analogy, he didn't use a pot and gold, uh, pot and um, modern pot analogy, he used the golden ornament analogy, which is a, a parallel analogy, it means the same. He says, but the gold alone is real. Does it, the, the ornaments, all the many ornaments are unreal. Do they exist apart from gold, which alone is real? That is, but obviously he, he's not, when he says gold is real, he's not really meaning gold is real. That for the sake of an analogy, relative to the ornaments, the gold is real. Because 
the ornaments are impermanent. The same piece of gold that today is a bangle, tomorrow could be, um, could be made into a necklace or into a ring or into a tiara or some, some other uh, ornament. So the forms are impermanent and therefore unreal. Relatively speaking, the gold, the substance is real. But that an analogy is used to show, I mean, the, their gold is analogous to our real nature, which is the substance. So the substance is real, the forms are unreal. That is the conclusion of um, of Advaita. This is what Shankara is arguing, what Bhagavan is arguing, what all true Advaitins will argue. But not, the names and forms are unreal. The substance, namely Satchitananda, alone is real. But Kapali Sastri, using that, um, that uh, uh, re referring to that, a pot and uh, clay and pot analogy, he says the, the, there is the substantial truth of the pot is, is the clay. The formal truth of the pot is the form of the pot. But you cannot understand a pot without understanding both the substance and the form. You need to have get a comp comprehensive understanding. You need to understand both, and both are real. Therefore, it is um, in that analogy, Brahman is the substance. The, the world of names and forms of a, um, of a, like the pot, analogous to the pot. So, um, what Kapali Sastri concludes by saying, it is therefore false and futile uh, to say that um, the Brahman alone is real, the, the, the substance Brahman alone is real, and that the forms, the, the world, which is the names and forms, is unreal. Both make up, both the, you need to understand the substance and the form. Then only you get a complete understanding. That's his argument. But that is completely against Bhagavan's teachings, completely against all of Advaita teachings. Was he not able to understand it? No, he could understand it very well, but he didn't like it. So he was arguing for his own, um, because he, he didn't want to accept that this world is unreal. And when Kapal, when Kaviyaganta translated that verse 13 of Uludunapadu into Sanskrit, very conveniently he omitted the word unreal, which comes at least two or three times in that verse. He omitted it because if he puts that there, that's against their philosophy, because their philosophy is that this world is real as such. So it's not that they couldn't, they, of course, they had the intellect to understand what Bhagavan was saying, but they didn't want to understand because they wanted to believe that the world is real. They wanted to believe that the Jnani retains his individuality. So we, if, we, if we are really to follow the Guru, we must first be willing to accept his teachings. If we're not even willing to accept his teachings, we may be. We may be devotees, but we're not disciples. Yes, and and it's incredible how, in uh, for example, no, uh, when I I watch the the meeting that you you have with uh, Swami Siva Prayananda, no, yes, Siva Prayananda, yes, yes. 
when 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 he discovered no the the magnitude of Bhagavan's teachings no yes how difficult is to get rid of the position of 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 what we are in the world in yes. the of my vision of the traditional Advaita and all of that yeah include staying how very colloquial uh, usually said people if christ appear in front of you yeah you don't want to get rid of my vision no yeah my, so my my perspective my yeah. my my idol no in in, in finally yes it's all yes. idol no yes uh, and when i i watch this meeting i i can see his eyes the 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 discovering of yes 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 that that's no but finally i have my function i i yes. continue defending my vision my perspective um yes it's very good but no yeah yes yes um yeah they, 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 people are different levels so we need to i mean everyone everyone is at the level appropriate to them so but Bhagavan's but, teachings but, include all the levels it includes all the levels but the Bhagavan is constantly pushing us to the deeper level yes but respect all the time include that people who are um, follow other other yes yes oh and say you want to stay here stay and if you want to make a um, pranayama or whatever you want to yeah. do <laughs> may, but you can stay in this yeah, yeah. no problem no <laughs> Bhagavan, Bhagavan of his own accord would never have given any teachings to anyone it's only because people asked that he gave his teachings if I, so if anyone wants to do pranayama yes let them do pranayama but if they want to know how to be rid of this this misery miserable state of ego that i now found myself in then he would tell his real teachings and the difference between that and the traditional advaita and other lines of spirituality is sometimes with a, a little mouth they say you can do other things but they don't believe it really yeah. really yes and finally if you go with them now you must to make these niyamas and you must to read these books better first and after that and uh, yeah <clears throat> is that Michael Bhagavan himself said sometimes when people said oh why but doesn't Bhagavan uh give other teachings Bhagavan said what I, the first thing Bhagavan said what else am I to teach I teach what I know this is all I know sometimes Bhagavan put it like that so humbly but at other times he said even if I teach other things I if supposing I someone comes to me and I tell them to do Japa he didn't even say if they come to me he used to say it always in a very impersonal way if someone goes to a to a guru and the guru tells them to do Japa they will do Japa for a number of years and they will find after a number of years but they're not getting what they're looking for so they'll come back to the guru and then the guru will say okay Japa is not sufficient you must do now you must do, do dhyana and then they do dhyana and 
after some time they come back to a guru and they're not satisfied. The guru has to say something more, something more. Bhagavan says, why to give all these teachings, but late, sooner or later you're going to have to tell the disciple this isn't sufficient. Why not tell them the real thing from the beginning? Let them take it or leave it. If they don't take it, then we, it's appropriate to encourage them in whatever other path they're following. That's probably because some people believe that they it's a process that you first start by doing japa and you cannot go any further until they're right but how do we know how much japa and how much dhyana we've done in previous life the very fact that we've come to bhagavan means that we whatever was necessary to lead us to this point we've already done so now we need to think about moving forward so once we've come to bhagavan how do we move forward by turning back within as taught by Bhagavan. Well, anyway, as Sadhon says in the book, is that they they gain the benefit of running out of uh, Japa and Dhyana by getting yeah, tired yeah, of yes. practices. Yes. Uh, what they gain out of it. Yeah, yeah. They gain well, whatever the very fact we've come to Bhagavan means we've we've gained the benefit of doing Japa and Dhyana and all these other things. Having gained the benefit, we don't have to go back to those. We need to move forwards. For example, no. Uh, sometimes, no. Uh, is uh, like Carlos. I I understand said you need uh, to to give a, a little step that uh, atras uh, backwards or... backwards to make to pass forward to yourself. No. Yeah. In the in the self inquiry. No. Um, for example, no, in you say to mismo, some some people have a very interesting in in look some parts of his mind, no, of mm -hmm. the of the darkness and all of that. And we include, for example, in this week we have a practice, not to see uh, this question of the victim, no, mm -hmm. but in, in the middle of the practice, say, oh, who is the victim? Who is who feel that is a victim in his life? Uh, who look look to look to yourself? Look to this this who say that uh, uh, no, and is um, like a trump no, uh, mm -hmm. like a trap no. Uh, uh, you are you feel that you want that okay, but finally you can feel in, like a japa no, like uh, Bhagavan said to Kavyakanta no. Mm -hmm. Look to the source of the of the japa. Yeah, 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 prove, yeah, prove yeah. that, prove, prove, and, oh, and what what <laughs> is that? I hear here is no mind, he has no no ego, he's not that okay. And how much you try to go to the source, finally all the practices begin to you don't need that no yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, prefer yeah. to stay in, in yourself no yes. in oneself sorry mm. and uh, uh, you mentioned the analogy of the clay and pot michael in gold and the ornaments uh, can can that those analogies be interpreted also as that we are we also are enchanted by the forms uh, i mean we admire the the forms of gold and 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 clay and etc and pot etc and we overlook the, the uh, substance yeah, clay, yeah. substance yeah it's, yes yes, it's, yes. Oh, it's a nice bra bracelet or a necklace etc but we don't see the gold it actually yes. is just like yes mm -hmm. that, that is in the case of uh, the mud pot 
supposing you go to a market and you buy a mud pot, why are you buying the mud pot? Because that mud pot has a certain functionality. So it's for the function you're, it's not for the substance. <laughs> if, the, if the mud pot gets broken, you don't keep those uh, the broken pieces. You you discard them because they're no longer of any use. They no longer serves a function. So because we are, our minds are outward going, we are only concerned with these external things, not with the substance. What is the substance? The substance is that our own being, that fundamental awareness I am. Such it is the substance. Mm. But so long as our minds are outward going, we're not concerned about the substance. We're concerned about the forms and what use we can make of those forms. And going back to the question, uh, uh, for example, in the question, it is said uh, something about dryness and listlessness, etc. Yeah. For example, when we are starting on the path and our discernment is not as sharp uh, as we would like, and we need to another teaching that Bhagavan gives us is that we are not this body uh, and not none of the five sheets. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, if our discernment is not very good, one of the tools that we have available is the the three of us tasks, uh, the, the discernment that we cannot be this body based on the yeah, three. Yes, yes, yes. But if we are not our, our discernment, our intellect is not as sharp and we cannot infer that so so clearly yet yes we cannot uh, convince ourselves so much as mm. to practice more yes because we, we may come to a, a standstill or a period of apathy because we are not able to uh, to go further in that yes. sense so and our practice seems to be dry at the same time yes, so yes. it's like uh, at some point, we we have to come out of it, obviously, because as you said, Ravana, Manan, and Yasana, they are all uh, influencing each other. So, yes, yes by doing some other thing, uh, somehow we are getting out of it slowly, yes, yeah, gradually, yeah. But yes. uh, when our discernment is, is is not as sharp, and our practice seems not to be seems this to be the same. That's when we may feel, or at times, yeah, like, yeah, yes, or uh, mm -hmm. that is yeah. why I say if we're feeling, if we're feeling what is described here as spiritually dry or arid, this is when we need to go back to Bhagavan's teachings to think carefully about them, to apply them to our present situation to see that this world, there is no happiness in this world. This world is maybe a mirage of happiness, but what happiness actually is there in this world? So we need to think about these things and apply them to our present situation. Yeah, just, be, just because the, the verses are not talking, not speaking directly about the things we're living, it doesn't mean that they are not talking yeah, about yeah yeah well if we think about when what bhagavan is talking about in all the verses of religion and other such works it's all about our own it's it's about our experience as ego mm -hmm. yeah, just it may not be how we interpret our experience but bhagavan is giving us a 
an alternative view, a different way in which we can interpret our experience. And you convince more, no? Yes, yes. Because in, in these moments, as you are very, very arid, very down, uh, you recover the, the enthusiasm uh, with reading Bhagavan's teachings to, uh, to exit of these difficulties. Yes, yes. yes. And some people... Uh, yes, sí, Carlos. And, and, so, and some people use the Bhagavan's teachings sometimes mm. uh, to protect this sad and this fear, no? To, to avoid, uh, feel that, no? Yes. And, and, and don't take the understanding to apply how we say before uh, at uh, Nididhyasana, no? Yes. Because you are only read to calm, no, mm -hmm. and feel better, no, because you think that you read uh, the truth, but you don't do anything with that. Yeah, and you don't reflect profoundly with that. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a can be a, a kind of uh, of drug too, with a, a bad use. Yes, yes. If if you're not if you're floating on the surface, if you're not really paying close attention to what Bhagavan is saying, and then therefore not really deeply understanding it, um, yeah, it, you're just floating on the surface. It's not really... Yes. Bhagavan's teachings are extremely practical. We need to understand why Bhagavan says what he says. What is the practical implication of what Bhagavan is saying? And we need to put that into practice. So we, if ever we feel dejected or listless or apathetic or lacking in devotion and fervor, we need to go back to Bhagavan's teaching to rekindle that enthusiasm. That is, Bhagavan's teachings have a twofold function. Firstly, they explain to us the nature of things and how to attain it. They also motivate us. So if we feel we're lacking in motivation, where are we to turn? We have to turn back to Bhagavan's teachings because they alone can, can rekindle our enthusiasm. How about singing? Michael singing, for example, Salbom uh, composed many songs. Uh, that obviously was... Uh, yes, but if we understand the meaning of the songs, his songs are full of Bhagavan's teachings. It's, yeah, exactly. all, it's all connected. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. Uh, for the meaning, knowing the meaning of the songs and singing with... Yeah. With openly, open your heart. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah, to, to get uh, fully yes. full impression of the song, the lyrics, the, the meaning of the songs. Yes. Uh -huh. Obviously, we're done with love. Obviously, with love, yes, yes, of course. With, just for, for the sake of singing, yes, won't do any good, right? But yes, it's just like the japa and puja and the energy. Yes. If it's done with love, yeah, to a certain <clears> extent. <throat> if we don't do with love, then we haven't understood the meaning of those songs because those songs were were born out of the intense love that Sadhu had for Bhagavan and for. 
following his teachings and surrendering himself completely to Bhagavan. <clears throat> so we can understand both songs only to the extent to which we, we, our, our heart is open to such love. Yes. Oh, you say in so many times, no? Sadhuan never, never finished to be a child, no? Yes, yes. He was Because... always Bhagavan's child. <laughs> Bhagavan, Bhagavan for him was Mata, Peter, Guru, Devam. Mother, Father, God and Guru. He said that I remember in an article of paramount importance of cell attention one time that the the fact of no in person to Bhagavan, no? Yes. Maybe was not uh, the the best for him, but in another way, uh, I think that is uh, the most. The, the the if how you say before no if you are in the in the sensibility or the yeah, capacity yeah. to uh, the real reception yeah. to that yeah. no if, yeah. if it's not uh, too many people go there and the same they go out no and yeah, say yeah. this is an old man all the time quiet and yeah don't say anything what <laughs> <laughs> <I was> worrying <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, so in the end, there is no no secret other than practice and continue yes. reading and thinking and manana. The manana should be going, I mean, as, as long as we're not practicing Satmavichara, obviously, the manana is, should be constantly going on in our minds. Because right? the manana is what constantly reminding us and encouraging us to go within. Mm -hmm. And If we are not going within, we are not doing the manana correctly. Yeah. Because sometimes happens to me certainly some reading some verses that I cannot I cannot I cannot get out anything of that or this hard is like like there seems to be something really you know like I read it I ponder it I think over and over in it and sometimes it's like uh, I can seem to 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 find the the true impl implication yeah for yes yes more uh, depth in that verse you know yes and yes yeah, sometimes it's like i go back and back and uh, to that verse and and you know it's i i try to give up for some time and i uh, yeah. turn within and uh, and yeah of course I, i mean sometimes you get for some more clarity yeah yes. if, if ever we come across parts of bhagavan's teachings that we're not able to understand We shouldn't be too concerned about it, because if we continue with the practice, continue going deeper within, the things that are not clear to us now will become clear to us in future. They're clear as long as I read one of your articles. Yes. Or some, it seems clear. Yes. But when I say, okay, I'm going to try to put some order in my thoughts and my mind. Yeah it's i see it's not that clear yes but when i read when i hear it it's clear yes <laughs> yes no so that's an indication that uh, obviously i i would be able to 
put some words to, to express it with words and uh, but yeah it's it, it just takes some more practice and practice and yeah yes yes it's no but deeper we go in the practice the clearer Bhagavan's teachings become mm -hmm. <laughs> and the more we're able to see not only the surface meaning, but all the implication that underlies that. And also to, to overcome those feelings of uh, dryness, etc. It, it's, it's good to, feel, to know, to be aware that we are uh, the obstacle. Yes. We are, we ourselves are the solution, but the obstacle also. We, it's, nothing is preventing us from, from going further, actually. Yes. Yeah, the, the problem there, uh, how I understand Michael before, is when you let these feelings go away, go forward, uh, more timed that, than uh, minutes, uh, hours, uh, a day. If, if, if you let these feelings take his place in you, yeah, uh, you can go down, 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 and after is like a mountain, like a Himalaya, to re to return to your yeah. no. That it, is if if feelings of dejection or dryness or aridity or apathy or whatever, if those feelings arise in us, we shouldn't feed those feelings. We should divert the mind away. We should seek to to re encourage ourselves. So if we return to Bhagavan's teachings and think about his teachings, that will dispel all these feelings of, uh, of, of dryness and um, so on. And the game will be, the enthusiasm will return to us. Hmm. Uh, I remember what, when I was uh, a child, no? Hmm. Uh, and discovered... Um, um, Pegamento, how is it in English, Carlos? Uh, glue. Glue. I discovered a, a new glue very yeah. no, in this moment that is a very super glue, no? Yeah. And I play with that and I put some of this li liquid in my finger and pay and, and, and put together, not two fingers. Yeah. In, in the first uh, moments, I can move it. But if I stay two or three minutes with this glue <laughs> i need to take my other hand and and make to to no and with this arid and uh, depression and uh, these feelings are the same if you let them to stay and take body no? uh, yes. it's like a, a very super glue in your yeah. mind because this is the nature of vasana the more we allow ourselves to be swayed by any vasana the stronger that vasana will become. So if I'm always thinking, oh, I'm not able to do this, it's difficult, I'm, I'm unfit for this and everything, we are just strengthening those thoughts. Why give room to those thoughts in the first place? If we return to Bhagavan's teachings, that will um, rekindle the enthusiasm. So yes, dejection can come to any of us, but we shouldn't dwell on that because by dwelling on it, we are just reinforcing it. Mm. So we we need to be very 
intelligent in our application of Bhagavan's teachings. We need to, when, when the wrong type of thoughts arise, we need to quickly dispel them by returning to Bhagavan's teaching, thinking about his teaching, and then there'll be no room for these, um, for these negative thoughts to arise. Because Bhagavan gives us so many assurances. He says in the twelfth paragraph of Nana, just like the, the what is caught in the jaws of a tiger can never uh, return or never escape, those who are caught in the glance of Guru's grace will surely be saved by him and never for, forsaken. When we read that, that should that should encourage us so much. And then he says. That is, after giving us such a great assurance, he then says, nevertheless, it, it, it is necessary to follow without fail the, the path the Guru has, uh, has shown, or to mm -hmm. follow in accordance with the path the Guru has shown. Mm -hmm. So we must play our... Bhagavan will certainly save us, but we have to play our small part because Bhagavan, as Bhagavan often said, grace is not something up in heaven that's going to come and descend down, <laughs> uh, fall on our head. Grace is there in our heart. So grace has to work through us. Hmm. So our effort to turn within, our effort to surrender ourselves to him, is itself the working of his grace. Hmm. Some and people say, which is, um, which is necessary, effort or grace? That's uh, the people who ask like that haven't understood the the nature of grace, how grace works. Grace works through our effort. Grace is what motivates us to make the effort to turn within, to make the effort to persevere, and, and to make the efforts to don't let uh, go with the subbasanas, with basanas, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To resist, not, yeah, to not resist. to get carried away by bastards, yes. but are going to be detrimental. Yes, I like very much one one thing that Carlos said uh, two or three weeks, or no, maybe one month ago, uh, talk, speaking with Sanjay, no, mm. about the 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 tremendous importance to pray to Bhagavan in these moments to speak yes. with with him in in our heart in this moment and yes. and, and pray to him give me the the power give me the passion i am impotent yes i, yes. I can with that for myself you yes. Only, yes. only you can to save me no yes D did you michael or carlos uh, pass uh, any time in in uh, field this pray with very power and you feel that you are listen uh, metaphoric no uh, for bhagavan in, in your experience no uh you or carlos experience some moment do you do you remember uh, when you pray with very intensity to yeah prayer isn't just the words prayer is the feeling behind those words and prayer, when it comes, prayer is itself the working of grace in our heart. To really pray wholeheartedly with sincerity, that comes only with grace. 
grace is the yearning in our heart, the yearning to give ourselves wholly to Him. Give ourselves wholly to Him means subside back into our source, into our own being, which is where He is ever shining as I am. He is our being, He is our source. When it's, it's not possible for you because you are very desperate, no? Or very sad or very depressed, mm. no? Mm. Maybe you can't go to the source, but you can try to, with words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, words are a vehicle of prayer, but, but prayer is the, is the yearning. And sometimes that, that feeling of dejection can actually be very good because it can, if it gives rise to that real wholehearted prayer, that is good. Yeah, because you cannot fake so it. even the negative things can be made positive. Mm -hmm. If we, that's, that's what I was saying earlier, we need to be very intelligent in our application of the teachings because the mind will, will try and distract us in so many ways. But we, we need to outwit this mind, so to speak. We need to outwit ourselves by always clinging to Bhagavan's teachings, always praying to Him, always um, leaning more and more on Him. 